Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Wednesday, which was uh, Suffrage Day. Uh, and we've had women for 125 years or something. Um, the person who called the mental health line only to be told that their clinician was asleep. Uh, they found the endeavour, which I didn't even realise that we'd lost, and what was with the lotto numbers last night. But before any of that, uh, our refugee quota up for discussion. Boy, that fires up the talkback lines, I tell you. Here's Glenn talking to Andrew, not me, a different Glenn. I can tell you exactly what the refugees that we accept are. They are refugees uh, who have been referred by UNHCR uh, and they have been mandated. So in other words, they've already been sort of looked at by the UN and then officially referred to as refugees you know, after making sure that they're not just you know running out for um, financial gain, whatever, that they're getting away from their home that they had to, had to for their own survival. So the UN first actually uh, mandates them as refugees and then they can apply for refugee status through the UN to New Zealand and then uh, we consider them. And we consider them according to Immigration New Zealand policy. We consider them according to credibility and what the UN has found out about them, about our ability to settle them, about the security uh, for this country, whether they are actually a security risk, whether they are an immigration risk, in other words, whether they're going to go storming into Australia. And we also look at their health. And at the end of that process, we take, at the moment, a 1,000, and in two years' time, 1,500. So I don't think 1,500 is a huge uh, increase. I mean, there's a process to go through. We're not, we're not taking asylum seekers, so um, I think the general public will rest assured mm. that we won't be taking too many from Manus Island. Um, but, um, you know, ha- having said that, I think you just read a book called uh, Dictator Land, The Men Who Stole Africa. Yeah. And... Well, we should thank our lucky stars that we're living in a stable environment like New Zealand. Yes, we truly are um, lucky to be able to ring a network radio station and be racist in front of the entire country. Um, it's a it's a it's a privileged position we hold. Um, like it's like being a man anywhere, really. You've heard lots of things about people, women who 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 got places, but you go back to when women got the vote. First women in the world, and I think that's I think that's a major, by the way. But men struggled to get the vote too for a long time, and they I mean like thousands of years, and they because the world didn't work in that way, and men got the vote at different times. Different men, different classes of men got the vote at different times. They had to fight for it. Some had to wait for it. So inch by inch, step by step, we got there. And what bothers me more than anything else now that we've all got the vote is how many of them are wasted. How many don't bother? How many don't bother to pay attention to what politics is all about? How many don't bother to pay attention to what philosophy of life is all about in its various forms? And so there are wasted votes. What bothers me is the criminality, in my mind, of the bribery and corruption that goes on at election time. 2005 was a prime example. I keep referring to it because it's the best example of recent times that most people have um, experienced. Every year, sorry, every election year, there are promises made that attract voters and win seats. So it might be 125 years, and I agree with those who are saying saying there's still a long way to go. There's still a long way, to a, a, a lot to retrieve because we have surrendered it in a manner 
that shows we have discarded what we already had. And I find that incredibly disappointing. So that while we're, while we're celebrating 125 years or whatever else it is, let's look at what we've lost along the way because we didn't value it enough. Um, so, yeah, Smith, Leighton Smith went on quite a, a jag yesterday morning um, talking about women. Uh, I, I've talked to a few women who happen to be listening and they got very angry about some of the things that he said. So he was really doing his job there. Uh, Kate Hawksby, I don't know if she listened. She's on before, Leighton. She she was onto a story about the person who rang the mental health uh, helpline only to be told that their clinician was asleep. Call back tomorrow. The response from the Waitemata DHB is also far from satisfactory. Its communications officer said in a statement that providing the best care for every patient is our priority. What? No, it's not. That's a blatant lie, given you've got an on-call clinician for a mental health crisis line asleep. How's that prioritising anybody other than the clinician? Not only were they not providing the best care, they weren't providing any care. It takes enormous courage to call a crisis line. It is often a very last resort from someone in dire straits. It is not a time to fob someone off. How is it an after-hours crisis team doesn't know this? Not only does the Waitemata DHB have an after-hours on-call clinician, they also have on-call nursing staff available to assist with overnight assessments. When one of them is not available, callers are apparently transferred to the adult inpatient mental health unit where, according to the DHB, a clinical nurse is available 24-7 all year round. So why then? Why was this woman told to call back tomorrow? How is it that nobody, absolutely nobody, was available to help her, was literally everyone at the Waitemata DHB asleep. It beggars belief that in a time where we could not have more of a spotlight on mental health issues, helplines, risk and strategy to help those in crisis, that we can still have someone ring up in the middle of the night in crisis and be told, sorry, can't help, call back tomorrow. I'm surprised Kate's so angry about this story because, uh, you know, like me, like, like all of us here at this hour of the morning, I'm recording this at seven past five in the morning. Um, surely she understands the importance of a good night's sleep more than most people. Anyway, and then I might have missed the point. Hey, they've um, they think they found the endeavour, which I didn't really realise that we'd lost. Oh, this is very interesting. So your museum has been involved in the search. How do you even know where to look? Well. Uh- we're looking in, uh, as I say, Newport, Rhode Island, which is on the east coast of America. Uh, when Endeavour finishes um, charting the east coast of Australia and uh, the northern islands of New Zealand, it returns to Britain. And after a few years, it gets renamed the Lord Sandwich, and it ends up in the War of Independence uh, in Newport Harbour, which is then a British garrison in 1778. And we know it was scuttled along with 13 other boats in the harbour. Right. So it was actually a British uh, troop transport, wasn't it, during that uh, American War of Independence? Is that right? That's that's right. It has a very interesting history. The British bring back um, the Lord Sandwich, the ex-Endeavour, and they start um, transporting German mercenaries from Germany to the American colonies uh, in an effort to try and defeat the uh, American forces. And uh, after a few years of doing that, in 1778, it falls into disrepair 
and its very last use in Newport Harbour is as a prison hulk uh, looking after American prisoners that the British have captured. Yeah, um, so Larry started that interview by telling that guy how interesting it was. I don't know that he's necessarily right about that. Uh, I tell you what I find interesting about the endeavour is when you write it down, how many vowels it has. And I've never noticed really sort of taken note of that before. It's got a lot of vowels in the word endeavour. Got a bit distracted by that, and then sort of wasn't as interested in actually finding it. Hey, uh, I, I, what is even weirder than the numbers that came up last night in the Lotto and the fact that forty people won is that I actually saw the draw happening. Uh, on TV, I never see, especially on a Wednesday night. Never, and yet last night I did, and I thought to myself at the time, those are weird numbers. I was just struck by the your comment you made about the statisticians with the, um, you know, the lotto draw tonight. Yes, and the odds of getting that combination, and then twenty five people winning it. Um, the yes. odds are actually, as I am a statistician. Yes, what it's worth, the odds are the same for any. Group of six numbers, they're exactly the same. Yes. So one, and I, and one two, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, and so, I, and I do, I do realise that, but uh, yeah, but, um, yeah. but yeah, statisticians but, always, you, you know, you know tomorrow, you know tomorrow that every news bulletin, every breakfast TV show is going to be wheeling yeah. out the statisticians, expecting yeah. them to say something interesting. They're all going to say, well, it's exactly yeah. the same odds as any other number. Yeah, but I think the reason why there are so many, um, yeah. why you've had so many, is you'll have people who have picked to a pattern. Yep. Like maybe you go on the first, it might be eight, you know, they'll, they'll stick to the same 10 rows week after week. So it might be something like one, three, five, seven, nine, eleven, and then the next row would be three, five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen. Do you get what I'm saying? And, what, and, so, what, and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to also add to that, Richard, and saying the salient lesson in tonight's lotto draw is yep. if you want to pick patterns, you've got as much chance as winning with exactly. those numbers as anyone else. But if you exactly. win, you're more yep. than likely to, sell, to, to share it with 40 others. So it's, exactly you'd be right. much better going for a random for a, for a yep. random draw. Yeah, and that's um, turned out to be not as interesting as I thought it was going to be either. Sorry about that. Um, I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, I'll, look, I'll, I'll, I'll have a word to everybody and see if we can have some more interesting stuff tomorrow. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB, and I'll see you then.